Welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Real. I am your host, Jonathan Lundy, and my man next to me is... What's up? It's your boy, Kevin Moore. How y'all doing? Sweet, sweet. Kevin, how you doing, man? It's, it's been a minute. You, you've been gone. You've been gone for a minute. What's going on? Yeah, I took, I took a little little mini vacation, but, you know, I'm back now. Everything, everything is good. You know, glad right, to be cool. here. Cool, cool. Refreshing, rejuvenated. All right, let's get right into it. We got a very special guest today. Her name is Faith Way. She is currently the Associate Athletic Director of Compliance for Central Michigan Athletics. She is responsible for day-to-day compliance activities that leads the department in education, monitoring, enforcement, and maintenance of NCAA rules. She is also the administrator of the field hockey program. Before CMU, she served as compliance coordinator at Weber State, but she began her career at Georgia State. Please welcome Faith Ways. How you doing, Faith? Hey, Faith, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are y'all? Great. Pretty pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. Thank you for agreeing to to this interview with us. Let's get right into it. We want to get started with, you know, like how you got into college athletic administration and where does your passion for it come from? Yeah, so thank you all for having me first. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on the show. But um, I have a little bit of an unconventional journey that kind of led me to college athletics. So when I graduated from college, my first job was working for the Super Bowl host committee, and it was being hosted in my home state of Michigan. So that was a great opportunity for me. Uh, I had the opportunity to be introduced into the sports industry on kind of the largest scale that there is helping to put on the Super Bowl. So that was one of my proudest moments and one of my most, um, you know, shining moments of my career. So that was my introduction to the sports world, fell in love with it, loved it. After that was over, I took a kind of pivot in my career, became a police investigator. Uh, So I was actually investigating the police on the civil side. So I wasn't quite internal affairs, but I was responsible for investigating civil complaints against police officers. So that was kind of my introduction into um, compliance and, and that area and that realm. And so I tried to figure out, hey, you know, how can I kind of marry my two passions of compliance and athletics? Started doing some research, discovered uh, athletic compliance on the collegiate level. And so started trying to pursue that as a career and got into the industry, made my entrance at Georgia State, then proceeded to Weber State, like John mentioned. uh, And then now I'm at Central. So that's kind of my path. I I figured it out and uh, I love it so far. My passion kind of comes from just wanting to help others and uh, provide student athletes with the best experience that they can have and kind of motivate and inspire them so we can help, you know, get this next generation ready for the world. Wow. Wow. You've been all over from police right. departments to <laughs> Super Bowl and, and Ford Field. Hopefully right. the Lions get back, get, uh, get good into a Super Bowl. Hopefully the Super hey, Bowl one day, one day. I will, don't hold your breath, but one day we're going to. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, so what is your exact role at Central Michigan? So right now, Central, I serve, uh, I am our Associate Athletic Director for Compliance. Uh, I wear a couple of different hats. I also serve on our executive staff. So it's basically our leadership team that kind of, um, you know, plots out what, where the department is going to go, going to go, creates policy, leadership, and kind of plans, you know, for all things within the athletics department. So I do that. I'm also a sport administrator for our field hockey program. And then I also serve, serve on our Title IX and Gender Equity Committee. So I kind of ensure and make sure uh, we're doing things the right way with that. So all the way around, you know, pretty much my, my job is to make sure everybody's kind of um, 
doing things the right way and doing what they're supposed to do on their P's and Q's. Oh, cool. Now, we all know, you know, the NCAA is very uh, tight when it comes to what the student athlete should and should not be able to do or can or cannot do. So with your position, uh, do you kind of find yourself uh, conflicted with some of the like disciplinary decisions you have to make? You know, sometimes I find myself in situations where it's not ideal, you know, where my hands are a little bit tied. Uh, part of the draw to me for this position was to be creative and to be innovative, you know, to find loopholes, if you will, within the confines of the rules. You know, some things are are very strict. Uh, some of the rules might say you may be able to do this. So it's like, OK, well, that's not a yes. It's not a no. How can I be creative? How can I come up with, you know, ideas that are outside of the box? be innovative and and try to create, you know, unconventional solutions for our student athletes. Again, that's going to help them be successful both in the classroom and, you know, on their playing surface. So that's kind of, you know, my niche. I try to be creative and, and try to do as much as I can, again, within the limitations of the rules. Uh, but there are times where, you know, you're, you're a little conflicted and you're like, man, is, is this really, you know, we're kind of miss the intent sometimes, right? Like I get the, the purpose of the rules and they are probably initial, uh, phase and in their you know infancy when they were created, but you got to update with the times. And, and sometimes I think that you know we're a little bit behind. I think we're starting to see some movement towards that, where you're seeing some change, some hot topics that are you know on the horizon right now within the NCAA realm. But um, you know the hope is that we continue to get better and, and grow and learn. But um, yeah, there are times where I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know about that one. Wow, uh, can you can you disclose like anything specific? Like without like giving any names, like something where it's just like, wow, really? Uh, you know, sometimes a, a lot of a lot of times where you see it the most is with waivers, and I'm pretty sure it's a national thing. Um, you know, sometimes you'll see in a national news, right? Like I think of one example. This was a few years ago. There's a women's basketball player at Notre Dame, and Arike Agumwale, I think is her name, uh -huh. and she uh, had a waiver approved that allowed her to go on Dancing with the Stars, right? Even though, you know, there's money associated with it, just a whole kind of plethora of kind of like uh, raised eyebrows, like, wow, like, that's amazing. Like, I love to read that waiver and see how they got that approved, you know, and then someone else at my institution, for example, or will submit a waiver to try to get a kid, you know, immediately eligible, you know, citing all kind of, you know, extenuating circumstances that they may have had going on. Maybe they have some family issues, you know, maybe they have financial things, just whatever the case may be, you know, we try to incorporate that all into our waiver and then, you know, we'll get turned down. And it's like, man, like, I want to know who's in the room making those decisions because uh, it just kind of seems a little off sometimes. And especially when you don't have the privilege of having all the information or, you know, being able to kind of dig a little deeper. Uh, so that's kind of frustrating sometimes when you're not able to kind of have all the information because you're kind of like, well, if this is precedent or, you know, it's public, why can't we at least have the back door be able to review it? Maybe that'll help me write a better waiver next time so that, you know, we can have success. So those are some of the things that are kind of a little bit frustrating. Uh, it's always challenging when you're trying to help a student athlete, especially with eligibility and things like that, and you get a waiver that's denied. So that would probably be one of the, the times where you're just kind of like, man, that's kind of a shot to the chest. Mm -hmm. Now, um, it's a, it's a high topic right now. I, I believe it was, I believe it was last week with uh, Gonzaga head coach, men's basketball head coach uh, Mark Few. He uh, he gave remarks at a hearing for about ten minutes. He was talking about how it's finally time for 
players to get paid for their name, image, and likeness. But uh, what he was saying, he wanted uh, help from the federal government uh, because, as opposed to states, you know, like doing their own laws to keep it fair. And he and he was saying that he wanted players to get, <coughs> like, to be able to get money from like their TikTok, YouTube, social media mm -hmm. page, or whatnot. But uh, he wanted to also like for it to be fair market value, so like you can get you get what you pull. Uh, what do you think about that? Like, should should states be able to do do it by their own way, or should you you think like national government should get involved? You know, I think we need some uniformity, and whether that comes from the federal level or whether that comes from the NCAA, which is you know our governing body, you think that that would be uh, the ideal place where the guidance would come from, uh, and we're supposed to you know be slated to get some guidance from them. I get that they're trying to be very calculated uh, and very. Um, you know, inclusive as far as not missing anything and making sure that they're crossing all their T's and dotting all their I's. But, uh, you know, on the 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 day to day basis, we're looking, you know, fast and furious, like July one is coming. And I say July one because that's the first date where some states are going to have their state laws going to effect. I know Florida uh, is a state that has a July one effective date. Nevada also has one. And I believe uh, California, maybe if it's not July 1, uh, it's coming up soon as well. Michigan, actually, our date is not until December 2022. So we have a little bit of time. However, uh, July 1 is kind of our industry date where everybody's kind of like, hey, you got to be ready to go on July 1. So that's how we're planning and what our mindset has been in, in, as far as approaching this. Uh, I do think student athletes should have the opportunity to you know, benefit from their name, image, and likeness. Other general student body individuals have that benefit, you know, if they have, you know, a TikTok page or YouTube, or if they want to go, you know, get an endorsement and somebody thinks that they can help them raise their brand and their, you know, national notoriety, then, you know, why not? Uh, I do think that you have to look at it from kind of a different lens. I think the, the kind of solve for X is what does it look like, right? Do I think that they should be able to do it? Absolutely. But there's a lot of details and intricacies that go within that uh, it's the how to, right? How do you accomplish it? How do you get it done? How do you make it fair? You know, your basketball team, take that roster, for example, your number one player is probably not going to be, or I'm sorry, your number 12 player is probably not going to be as, you know, um, notarized as your number one star player. So you're going to have varying levels and, and what makes it fair. And I'll put my title nine and gender equity hat on, you know, a little bit here too. So how does it look for male sports, male sports versus female sports? Um, you know, the reality of it is with the female sports, you're going to probably have some different interests than you do uh, with male sports as far as, you know, individuals who want you to promote their brand. How do you want to how do you want them to promote it? What does it look like? Um, so just trying to figure out all of that, how and, and software X is going to be, I think, what's important. And I think that has to be done the right way, which is where the guidance from some type of either the federal government or the NCAA is going to help everybody just to keep everybody on track and make it fair. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad you touched on that, the how-to aspect, because I feel like a lot of people who say college athletes should be paid, they think it's just that, like, they should be paid. But like you said, there's so much more to go into it. Um, you got, to, you know, the different sports that bring in um, the different amount of money. You know, you got your football. It is pretty much like your top money grabber across the across the colleges and then you got other sports like i don't know lacrosse or golf for example 
So you uh, like you got to look at those options. Like, how can we effectively, you know, compensate these these student athletes? So like, yeah, I was when you brought that like how to it just like I, I totally agree with you, and I'm glad you like explained that in, in detail because there's people who don't necessarily understand like what really goes on like behind those scenes and what it actually will look like. For sure. And there's a lot of things that I think people don't think about. I mean, these are 18 to 22 year olds and you're asking them to make decisions that are going to potentially affect their entire life. And, you know, things that we talk about, you know, you're going to be making money now. That means you got to file taxes. Mm. Half of my student athletes don't know how to do a FAFSA, let alone, you know, <laughs> try to file some taxes. So just just different areas, you know, that people don't consider when you're having kind of those you know, locker room or, or in the kitchen or water cooler conversations, you know, when people talk about it, but it's like, okay, well, what does it really look like though? Now we have to teach them how to file taxes because, you know, God forbid you're making all this money off of TikTok and nobody ever said, hey, Uncle Sam is coming. Mm -hmm. Then you have deeper ramifications and, you know, a, a larger impact down the line, you know, because uh, Uncle Sam will get his regardless. Sure. Now or it's going to be later. So, student athlete or not exactly. they, they got me exactly. <laughs> I don't care what's in front of your name <laughs> all right uh we want to transition to uh like the nuances of the position that you have uh i want to ask because there is there's so few um there's so few black women in the in an athletic director position whether it be associate or head uh i think I think Division One has the least amount of uh, of black women in a position in a f administrative position. Uh, D two, I think, is second, and I think it it gets higher and higher as you go down. Why is it important that black women are in the college athletic administration? You know, we need to be represented. You know, we need to have representation. And I'll give you a kind of a recent example. You mentioned uh, Mark Few, who was at the hearings last week. I don't think there was a female there and I correct me, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I don't think there was a female, uh, let alone a black female that was present, you know, at least just conveying a different point of view. Uh, it's so important that that we're part of the conversations and that we're represented. You know, black women are able to have great minds, great impact, um, you know, and, and provide great results, honestly. I mean, when given the opportunity, we've proven and shown repeatedly that we are capable, we are qualified, and we can get the job done the same, if not better in some instances, you know, than our male counterparts. So I think it's super important. It's important for, you know, my female student athletes, for them to see somebody who looks like them uh, in those positions of influence and positions of power and where you do have decision-making capability. You know, um, it's a male-dominated industry. I knew that coming into it, uh, but that was, again, part of my draw. How can I make change? How can I uh, provide impact? How can I leave legacy? I know we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, you know, what is my legacy? What do I want it to be? What does it look like? Um, you know, it's just important to have representation because it, it offers different perspective. And at the end of the day, you hope that, you know, you're going to gain um, something that's going to be beneficial for everybody, not just the student athletes, but the individuals that are in the room. I've been in so many different um, conference rooms and, and boardrooms and things like that. I am the only person that looks like me. So we have to change that narrative and start to grow, you know, our networks and um, our presence in those rooms. That's how you, you know, we talk about 
the change in, in, in NCAA, you know, kind of getting with the times. This is how we do it. We got to have different faces uh, than the ones that we see quite often that are in those positions, especially at the national level with the NCAA. Yeah, absolutely. And we just we just applaud, you know, the work that you do um, right off the bat, because like like, you know, we talked about earlier, there's we don't see too many, you know, black women in the, the position you're in. So, you know, you're you're a you're a face for the younger generation. You know, you're kind of like a mentor, a role model. They they see you and say, OK, maybe I can see myself in this position. Absolutely. She's she she's in the position she is. So, you know, so definitely just want to give you a big shout out um, because, yeah, you're you're doing big things out here. and That's exactly what, what we need for sure. I appreciate that, Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, how it, how is the, the, the labor of women of color being recognized and compensated, you know, in, in the NCAA? Um, I think we're seeing, uh, we're seeing growth. We're seeing change, you know, a couple of division one Vanderbilt, I think recently just promoted from within and they, they now have a black female athletic director. Um, a good friend of mine is at Alabama state. She's a, a black female athletic director. Um, a couple of other, um, you know, in Virginia, you know, she's a, she's a pretty Carla. She's a pretty, uh, prominent name. So, so we're seeing more of us, right? Which is, I think we're, we're making steps toward in the right direction. Uh, but again, it's about opportunity. Uh, you know, we have to be able to um, be given the opportunity. And I say given, not, you know, using the term loosely because we earn it. You know, everything we do, uh, we have to work harder. We have to be smarter. We have to put forth more effort, maybe sometimes even dedicate more hours, more times. Our credentials have to uh, you know, be uh, a little bit more polished and, and impressive. Our resume has to have a few more bullet points. So, you know, until we can definitely um, get to a point where we've really leveled that playing field and we see it, I think, too, on the national scene with, uh, you know, like our U.S. women's soccer team fighting for equality, you know, on that front, just equal pay. And that's a whole nother conversation for a different day. But it's all related. You know, um, women in sports, we, we have influence we have power, uh, we have presence, and, and when allowed and, and provided with the platform, you know, we've proven it can be lucrative. We can be successful. We can make good decisions. We can, uh, you know, increase viewership. We can have our name signing, you know, large sums of checks as well. So, um, you know, the crazy thing too is when you, and when you kind of unpeel the layers behind some of these, you know, prominent names and figures, you know, there's a female somewhere in the room. So you got to know all those ideas that are presented in the way that they are. You got to see how, you know, kind of the ingredients that were in the kitchen when you were actually trying to bake the cake, you know. Um, so you got to have the people that you feel like can help you produce a great product. And I think women are definitely a, a part of that group. Most definitely, most definitely, the the space, well, the space is there. The NCAA just needs needs to allow it. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And that that leads me to my next question. Well, what is, what is the NCAA, even the institutions? What do they need to do to increase the number of Black women in athletic administration positions? Hiring practices. That's going to be your 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 number one, uh, I think, uh, area that you can target. You know. Um, job where you post jobs right are you posting on 
um, jobs that or sites that have traffic, you know, that's heavy with one race or with one um, industry. You know, some people hire uh, headhunters or, you know, firms that are built just to um, make hires. You know, those are, are kind of good old boy clubs sometimes. It's, oh, well, I know this guy and he owes me a favor or, you know, I worked with his cousin or his uncle. And, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of tap into those networks because they're so predestined, right? They're so, uh, their foundation is rooted in, you know, kind of nepotism in some ways. So um, trying to, you know, penetrate those systems and, and get in into those and, and um, look at, you know, where are we posting our jobs? How long are we posting? Them? Are we marketing to individuals of color or sites that, you know, have a history of producing, you know, great candidates of color or whatever the case may be? Um, how long are we, you know, posting and, you know, where are we marketing? What's our draw? Are we being intentional about doing that? Or are we just okay with the status quo? Oh, we just posted on the same places we always post. Well, then you're going to get the same candidates that you always get. So, you know, there's got to be change. There's got to be um, willingness to address that. And the, the first step is you got to look at, take a hard look in the mirror, right? And, and look at your staff, look at your department. You can... I know I do this sometimes. I'll just go on a random division one website. Let me just click on literally play, click on the, the staff and you'll be amazed at what you see. Uh, there's not a lot of representation. So that's, I think, step one, right? Is somebody willing to step back and say, wow, look at our staff. I mean, we, we got a lot of people that look the same. Where Where's our diversity, you know, and diversity, equity and inclusion is, is a hot kind of topic now. You see a lot of positions that are being created, I think, at the institutional level um, and within athletic departments, which I think is great. Uh, but again, is it is it for the paper or are you doing it for the people? Mm. Wow. Yeah, doing the, it paper, the paper, I mean, like, are you just trying to look good on paper? Right. For the media. Yeah. Yeah, for Not the media. like uh, the cash money, but yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, are you doing it for the paper or for the people? So, yeah. yeah that's deep right there. For sure. All right. Uh, uh, my next question I want to ask what what forms of mentorship are available or being developed uh, to to support women of color to get into these positions so there's a great organization it's called um, women leaders kind of like the short version of it but it's women leaders in college athletics or in sports um, it's a phenomenal organization Patty Phillips is the founder and CEO um, they are making a lot of headway for women in athletics. Uh, so it's a great network for women. Uh, if you're able and you're an aspiring administrator or you want to get into sports and you're female, it's a great organization to be a part of. I'm a member. Um, so they have professional development opportunities. Pre-COVID, you know, a lot was in person and they've kind of shifted like everyone else to the, the online version uh, and trying to do everything virtually. But great resource. Uh, they have kind of what's called circle chats. So you can have even kind of like breakout rooms is kind of conceptually what it is and, and different areas within the membership at hand, the larger membership at hand. Um, so you have one for maybe um, mothers, you know, so kind of, you know, a group where you can go to say, wow, you know, it's, it's really challenging to be a mom in this industry. You have support and you can have conversations. And, you know, how do you have those um, those 
tough conversations with the supervisor if you need to, you know, go on leave or if you have a conflict with, you know, one of your children's events and end up game or a contest that's going to be going on. So a lot of support that, that you can find there, um, a lot of mentorship. There's mentor pairing that goes on there as well. Uh, they have institutes, which are professional development kind of trainings. I went through one back in 2019 best professional development I've ever attended, hands down. Um, so it's just a great network. I still keep in contact with the ladies who were in my group. We have a, a group meet. We check on each other. You know, it provides you support um, because you have people who are having shared experiences and that are also trying to make headway and make a name and, you know, allow us as women to have more of a presence. So I, I definitely would say Women Leaders in College Athletics is a great organization. I'd say they're they're kind of leading the the pack when it comes to that. Okay, nice. Nice mentorship, fellowship. Yep. That's nice. All right. Uh, to close, final question. I want to talk about the legacy that you want to leave. So when you, when it's all said and done, you can just sit back and say, like I, I did this. What, what does that look like for you? So for me, uh, you know, legacy. The first part of that, um, and I, I kind of take the the leg. Leave everything greater. So, you know, legacy to me is about leaving things and leaving people and everyone better than you found them. Um, and for me, I think it looks differently for everybody. But for me, a part of that is being present in the room, even when I'm not in the room. So I want to say something that's going to cause you to, you know, take caution. Maybe next time you think you, you want to say something. Oh, but oh, I remember Faith said that I don't have to be physically present in the room to have my influence and my um, hopefully legacy, you know, still be in the room when I'm not. So that's kind of my mindset and how I like to approach things. Um, you know, I, I want to leave my student athletes better than when I found them. Um, I had a, a student athlete, you know, just probably at the end of this past semester in the spring, you know, he came up to me, he's like, I did great this semester. You know, I think I'm going to get an A in this class and, and I'm really doing this. And I'm like, I'm very proud of you because when you showed up here, this was not the same individual that I'm talking to right now. So to be able to, to see the growth and witness, you know, the change and, and the natural maturation process and, you know, them just literally showing up on campus as a, a shy or a scared teenager and then to actually leave as a young adult who kind of hopefully has tools and training and experiences that have helped them, um, you know, be prepared for their next step in life, whatever that is, whether if they're going to pursue more academic interest or if they're successful in athletics and want to continue their athletic careers or if they just want to start their next chapter in life and you know kind of enter adulthood i try to tell them it's overrated but you know everybody has to get there at some point but um yeah legacy for me is just leaving everything greater than how you found it wow leaving everything was that acronym leg i like that yep leg everything greater leave everything greater Wow. Okay. Awesome. That's uh, that's going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, Faith, we we really appreciate you uh, coming yes. through for us. Not it's, a problem. Uh, it's awesome to hear, like you know, like about your job, what it is that you're doing, what it is that you hope to do, especially uh, your final part when you talked about leg. I'm, I'm gonna start using that leg. Hey, leg. there you go. See? Leaving everything greater. Leaving everything greater. All right. Awesome. That's gonna be a wrap for this episode. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Peace. Peace. Thank. Faith Ways, Associate Athletic Director of Compliance at Central Michigan. Man, let me tell you something. I didn't even know that that was a position, Director of Compliance. And like, and like, that's huge. That's huge because like, she's, she's responsible for making sure basically that, uh, you know, everybody's following the rules. That's like, she has to interpret the rules. That's a lot of stuff to follow, like a lot of loopholes, 
like a lot of pitfalls and faith is responsible for making sure that doesn't happen yeah and you gotta think about it like that's pretty much the entire athletics so that she's in charge of so that's that's a a lot of athletes that she's overseeing so the fact that she's in that position and she's excelling in that position is very big like man we would i was just glad to have her on and have her explain you know her role and what she does and how she wants to see more you know women look like her in that in that in those type of roles so man it, it was definitely a blessing to have her on oh yeah no doubt no doubt and then even um when i was scrolling down and she brought it up too i was scrolling down uh central michigan's uh website and i i believe she's one of the only uh black people on there but she said you can go to pretty much pick out any mm. d1 uh athletic faculty like uh staff and all of that and then you will see the same thing but uh man shout out to her man she's she said she wants to like make that difference like leave an impact on people's acronym she gave leg even everything greater I, I like that i really like that i really like that definitely all right uh that's that's gonna be it for this episode we'll catch you on the next one to keep it real all right peace